You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma, hosted by OMAG Director of Technology Services, Kevin Seesaw. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit. You you mentioned Microsoft Teams earlier, mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of give a clue to our listeners out there. I'm a big advocate for Microsoft Teams. Omag is a Microsoft shop. It's a free tool that came with our other services that we've got. So I'm kind of lobbing a softball here at you. But uh, tell me a little bit about your love for Microsoft Teams as a tool. And uh, just know that I'm a very receptive audience for oh, that. I love it, Kevin. <laughs> I, you know, I started using Teams Several years ago, I I can't remember exactly when, probably about the time that COVID hit, really started using it heavily. You mentioned meeting fatigue. The same thing happens with email, right? We have email fatigue. It's very difficult to have a conversation back and forth in email. But Teams has a chat function Mm -hmm. where it's more conversational. If you use text messaging, you can probably use Microsoft Teams chat. It's a way to keep people engaged and collaborate. So for example, this morning, we are having a Microsoft Teams lunch and learn on Friday. It will be held virtually just so that we can uh, acknowledge the safety of our team members, not gather everyone in a conference room or training room. We're going to allow people to do it from their own desk, their own computer with the expectation that we have cameras on, those kinds of things. We are going to be providing lunch. So I need to know who's coming for lunch. Mm -hmm. So I just developed a quick spreadsheet with everyone's name on it. Are you going to be joining us for lunch? Yes or no. Fill out this box, sent it out via email. It was crazy. By the time I walked downstairs, I sent that out about 20 minutes ago. I think about 25% of our team members have already filled that out. So we're using Teams to simplify something. I could ask 42 people, do you want lunch on Friday? And get 42, 46 (laughs) emails back. I want Panera. I want Exactly. Exactly. That's not really a good use of my time. But allowing people to go out and put it directly into the document to say yes or no, I, I want lunch. What a great way to collaborate and best use our resources. Yeah, and I mean, as a you know, a person who really likes our our Microsoft email tools that we you know, we're using uh, Microsoft Office three sixty five, mm-hmm. so that's the online version. We don't have any servers, et cetera. You know, the idea that you know I like their tools. I still think email has been stretched to its limit. Mm-hmm. It's been made to do things it was never really designed to do. And you know, we've all experienced the reply all failures, the, you know, attachments that don't get attached right, or Mm -hmm. the situation where it's like, oh, well, I don't know the history of that, that email thread Mm -hmm. because you only included me, you know, uh, the next to last email. And so what, I don't know what happened six months ago. Mm -hmm. And what you're telling me is Teams is different. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like how, how have you seen it successfully used? Yeah. So going back to when COVID first hit, I worked in an organization that we were able to pull together our entire organization, about 400, 500 folks in a Teams meeting, an all-teams meeting. And we did it much like a Zoom call where our facilitator could share files. We could look at their financial statements that he was sharing in a meeting that we would normally do in person in a conference room. He was telling his dad jokes. It was <laughs> other people could respond and raise their hand and say, hey, I have an idea or I have a thought or I have a question. And so it was much like we were all in a conference room together, but yet we were doing it on Teams virtually. And the beauty of Teams is that those financial statements that were being shared can be posted on Teams. And if I have an edit to that document, 
regardless of whether or not someone's in that document, I can go make my change, close it, Teams automatically saves it, and the other person is still working in the background. Mm -hmm. And so multiple people can be working on a file, and we can file share and collaborate much differently than we can through email or through Word or through Excel or through a SharePoint or ShareFile somewhere on our network. And so it gives us that opportunity to really collaborate in a way that we can't using traditional tools. I see. And so it's it's essentially kind of a hub that's allowing mm-hmm. all of these things to happen because yeah. you know you've you've just thrown Microsoft Teams into the conversation about meetings and chat and mm-hmm. sharing files and and working on files simultaneously mm-hmm. and it, it sounds like and again this is a softball because I actually know the technology myself but it sounds like the tool is just kind of that everything to everyone mm-hmm. you know what isn't it what is there anything it can't do i guess I haven't figured that out yet. I'll let you know if I do. It's really just a virtual space. So it's almost like we can be in the same room working on something together, but we don't have to be in the same room working on something together. So it has the chat function where you and I, Kevin, could chat privately. It has a chat function where you and I can be on the same channel or team Mm -hmm. and we can chat. So we can bring, you know, five or six other people into that. Let's say your IT department, our legal department. Our wellness team can have its own channel, its own team. And so we really have the opportunity to collaborate privately within a group or with with another person or across our entire organization. So things like the, do you want lunch? Are you coming to training? Those kinds of documents can be out there for anyone to see. It also gives us a great opportunity. I don't know about you, but being new to the organization, I'm searching for policies and I'm searching for things like expense reports all kinds of things that I need to be able to do my job. But our share drive is enormous. Mm. And kind of a dumping ground too. I mean, and and all all share drives, and, and I'm sure most of our cities have something like this, all share drives just become essentially a landfill mm-hmm. over time. You, no matter your best intentions, then never stay as organized as you want yeah. them to. Yeah, so I've been crawling through the landfill, digging for things <laughs> over the last several months. And That's great imagery, by the way. <laughs> Some things are hard to find. I'm just going to be real real transparent about that. And so if we were to start using Teams to place our most recent policy manual, our most recent expense form, things like that, then everyone would know exactly where to go and either download or use directly in Teams. That's the cool thing about Teams. So you've heard it here first. Lori Mueller, OMAG's newest employee. And its biggest Microsoft Teams digital change advocate. So uh, one last thought on Microsoft Teams, virtual collaboration, et cetera. I got to ask, I think you answered this already, but do you prefer in-person or virtual meetings? You know, that's a great question. And I'm going to say both. Okay. (laughs) And here's why. So there are some meetings, number one, that need to be emails. (laughs) We just, we just. No. (laughs) You don't say. Yes. There's a huge amount of value in being able to have a virtual meeting when there's travel involved. So if I've got a busy day, a busy schedule, and I've got back-to-back meetings, if I'm traveling from place to place, sometimes that can be counterproductive. I'm spending more time behind the windshield than I am actually in a meeting. And so there's a huge amount of value in having that virtual space. Nothing nothing can replace an in-person meeting. So when we're developing relationships and getting to know folks, 
that is when it's incredibly important to spend time face-to-face. I can tell you that whatever we call our leadership development at OMAG, it will likely have a component of both. There will be some in-person and there will be some virtual so that we can maximize the amount of time that we get to spend together and not burden folks with the amount of travel that they're, they'll need to do. So I'm, I'm a proponent of both. I think both have a place and a time. I think the key is making sure that we set clear expectations for both. What are we here to accomplish? What do we need to do? What are the expectations of us as facilitators and you as participants? OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is communication. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck. And as a, a an IT leader and, and big advocate for technology, I tend to agree. I, I think there's a time and a place for technology and it's not 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that we learned. If we didn't already know, uh, we all figured that out through uh, pandemic. And I think the, the future is some form of hybrid. And it's good to know that we've got some people available to our mm-hmm. cities and towns to help kind of help them understand where that balance, that, mm-hmm. that nice tipping point lies between yeah. the two. Yeah. I think it's, you know, if you are someone who's stepping outside of your comfort zone is, is a little bit of a challenge, what better way to collaborate sitting behind your desk or your home workspace where you feel the most comfortable and confident yeah. to be able to put your best foot forward. So I think it gives folks who love that personal connection an opportunity to connect in a new way, but it also gives those folks who might be a little less comfortable in those in-person meetings, a place to just really be confident in their space and then hopefully be more confident in the conversation. Or even just, you know, struggling to, to find the time mm-hmm. or even finances to drive. I mean, we've got, we've got people in all corners of the state, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just difficult for them to, to make it to the areas that right. these meetings are. Well, those budgets are tight. They are. Let's spend them, let's spend them wisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, the more tools we have in our tool belt, the better. Exactly. Well, Lori, any final thoughts for our uh, listeners? Goodness. That's a great question. So, Kevin, I told you a little bit about my background. I think very loosely mentioned that, you know, curriculum development, leadership development have been a part of my history for a very long time, something I'm passionate about. And hopefully our OMAG members will soon discover that as I have the opportunity to get out and meet them. My passion truly is serving others. But I'd love to ask you, what's your passion? What do you love to do? What lights your fire and gets you ignited <laughs> to come to work every day. So I, I am passionate about technology. I'm passionate about technology as a tool mm-hmm. uh, for people to to be able to solve problems, to help each other, to help citizens, to, mm-hmm. you know, to use these tools to be faster, better, easier, etc. Mm-hmm. And throughout my career, I've found myself in a position, no matter what, where it's I've never not been able to use technology to help people. Mm-hmm. So for example, when I was at OSU, I helped run their assistive tech program. That's technology for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here at OMAG and before when I was at the state, it was always, what are we doing with technology to make mm-hmm. government more efficient? 
provide better access to services to citizens. Mm -hmm. And that's always been the common thread through my careers. You know, I I clearly understand that technology isn't always the right tool. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's uh, a facilitator for those times when we can't be together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's podcasts like this where it's Mm -hmm. a good way to broadcast out our thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So, Kevin, I had a leader one time say that we should work smart and hard. And that is really something that stuck with me for a very long time. Early on in my career, you know, when you're in a training and development type role, there's usually not a a lot of comrades that Mm -hmm. you lock arms with. In other words, working in smaller organizations, you might be the only person responsible for talent development. And so working smart is really important. Finding ways to use technology to bridge that gap, to do things that might be labor intensive Mm -hmm. is it can be maddening needing to do certain things. For example, evaluate the effectiveness of a class. If I were trying to do that manually without use of any technology, it could take weeks, months, years to do that. But if I can incorporate some kind of technology, so I'm working smart, but I'm also working hard and I'm uncovering what it is that my end users, those folks who attend and participate in any learning experience. I'm finding out what is it that made this experience valuable for you. So those kinds of things have working smart and hard. I think technology really has a big part to play. And I'm excited that we at OMAG have great technology that we can use to help us through those kinds of things, to be efficient, to be smart, and to work hard. Well, you've heard it here first, folks. And uh, I'd like uh, to invite uh, listeners in our cities and towns. Feel free to reach out to uh, Lori. Uh, Her email address is lmuller at omag.org. Visit our website, www.omag.org. On that site, you'll find our contact information as well as further information about some of the services we provide. And not just we, but Lori as well. Awesome. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks for having me. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of OMAG All Access... We don't just say, okay, here's the appraisal report and it's going to increase your total insured value by a million dollars and your premium is going to go up two grand. We send it to our members, tell them to digest it and review it. And then we call them and say, hey, does this make sense to you? Do you want us to come up and go over it with you? Or do you want to work through it through email? But typically we have found that meeting with them in person and going over these reports. You help them understand, you know, why these numbers need to be adjusted. Oh, yeah. What the benefit is to them. And of course, you know, tornado season coming. That's going to be <laughs> right. one of and the that, concerns. That's why we do the timing of do it in fall, get the reports at the end of the year so that we can get these buildings increased right before storm season each time we do do it. This episode is copyright OMAG 2022 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.